Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Chat Healthcare. Today's episode is going to be very different and I'm a little nervous for it because it's actually going to be my first solo episode. And I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm sure we'll get through it together and I would love to hear what you guys think about this solo episode. If you think I should do more or if I should just stick to the guests, let me know. I wanted to do this solo episode because I thought it would be a good idea to kind of share more about me, where I come from, like why I started the podcast and things like that. And I'll start with my background in healthcare. Um, I am a nurse, and I've been a nurse for almost five years, which is not very long. Definitely recognize that, but um, it's definitely enough to get me out of the new graduate nurse phase and kind of more into the, I don't know what the next phase is called. <laughs> um, I Before I became a nurse, I worked as a tech, which is kind of like a nurse aide, in the emergency department. And that's where I fell in love with the emergency department. And ever since then, I have not left. <laughs> I've only worked as a nurse in the emergency department. So definitely recognize that my view can sometimes be skewed. <laughs> but I love the emergency department. I definitely have a bias for it. Is that how you say it? Um, it is my passion. Um, not saying that I would never work anywhere else, but it's definitely my first love. And, you know, you always love your first love. So, yeah. Um, so I've been in the emergency room as a nurse for almost five years, like I said. I actually went to nursing school in Michigan. I'm from Michigan. But I moved out to Los Angeles California to be with my now husband. Um, and so I graduated nursing school. And two months later, I moved out to California and took the NCLEX, which is the nurse um, kind of licensure exam. And I took that in California, which was very stressful. <laughs> and yeah, I started working at an emergency department out here. Um, was very thankful to get a job especially in the area where I wanted to work because I knew I, I knew that I wanted to do emergency room nursing. Um, I've worked in about three emergency departments out here in Los Angeles so far, which is kind of a lot <laughs> for five years, um, kind of a lot for FOR five years. <laughs> but I have this thing where I like, I don't know if anyone else feels this, but I work at a job and as soon as I like, kind of am comfortable. I'm like, I'm ready for something new. But I've worked in adults and pediatrics, adults and kids. And yeah, I feel like working in these different emergency departments has exposed a lot of gaps in healthcare to me that I didn't really know existed before. I remember, it's really funny. It's not funny, but it's kind of <laughs> a good story. Let's call it that. Um, so I was in the second emergency department that I worked in out here. And I came home from my shift. 
And I was really upset because I just had witnessed a lot of these gaps in knowledge and communication, just so many things. Um, I came home from my night shift after 12 hours of working through the night. So <laughs> I was a little grumpy. Plus, um, just seeing all those frustrations during my shift, I came home to my husband and I was like, I'm so angry. Like, why doesn't anyone do anything about the healthcare system? Like, this is so messed up. Like, no one knows what's going on and people need to tell people what's going on. And I was like, why doesn't anyone do anything about it? And then my husband turned to me and said, well, why don't you do something about it? And that was a really good kick in the face for me because I think often there's times where I think, why doesn't someone do something about something? And then it's like, well, why shouldn't I do it? And not to say that in like a prideful way, but more of like a, you're just sitting around waiting for other people to do, to fix things when, 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 <laughs> when maybe it should be you. So that really hit me. And that hit me for about six months. <laughs> for six months, I was like, well, what can I do about it? I'm just a nurse. What can I do about it? Um, yeah, I just couldn't think of anything. Actually, I came up with a few ideas, but none of them were good. <laughs> and then I was like, well, why don't I start a podcast about it? And I felt really insecure about that because I know a lot of people are starting podcasts and people are like, we don't need another podcast out there. But I felt really good about what I thought needed to happen and how that could be done through a podcast. Because I feel like a lot of the issues in healthcare are from a lack of awareness of what's going on. And I think that's a huge reason also why things aren't being fixed, because a lot of people that have the power to fix them or that can advocate for change don't know what's happening. Because you really, and I say this, take this with a grain of salt, I really think that you don't really know the healthcare experience until you hear it from someone who has experienced it. I think that to look at it without that perspective, um, I don't think you would be able to fully understand it. And the problem is it's really hard to get that information out there because I would say, first of all, from the patient perspective, it's very vulnerable to share your story and share your health and share your experience. I think it's a very intimate and vulnerable conversation and you don't just go sharing that wherever you want, anytime you want, you know? And I think also a key factor that plays into the lack of like awareness about it is like patient privacy things. So like I can't really talk about things very specifically, even to like friends or something because of like patient privacy. So um, I mean, patient privacy is very important and it should be there, but it just makes it hard to talk about. And I think another reason is for like fear of retaliation. Um, and I think that comes from both the patient and the provider side. And when I mean provider, 
I mean like nurse, doctor, therapist, anyone in the hospital. So where was I? <laughs> Basically, that's the, those are the problems. That, that's like why I started the podcast. Um, and I was like, this could be a place where people can share their experiences in healthcare. And it can be a safe space um, with someone. And I was thinking because I'm a nurse and I found this too, is that um, people with experiences in healthcare have a hard time trusting people that don't experience healthcare, I think. And I find that when I tell people that I'm a nurse, there's a really good trust there um, and trust that there won't be exploitation or like everything will be taken very seriously um, because as a nurse, I know how serious healthcare situations can be. So I think kind of that's what makes this podcast unique. And that's why I was like, okay, I'm just going to start it. I know there's a million podcasts out there, but yeah. So that's why I started it. And I really just want it to be a place where people can talk about healthcare and spread awareness about it. So other people that haven't experienced healthcare can know what's going on. So things can hopefully improve. And I know that's a lofty goal, <laughs> but even... I've had a few people tell me like, hey, listening to this patient experience has helped me know what to expect for my, know what to expect for my patient experience. Or like listening to this provider talk has given me a lot of understanding on how the system works and ways that we can work together to do things. So yeah, even just those like comments I've gotten make the podcast all worth it because it's like, that's what it's here for. Like it's, here to get out the word and help make experiences better. So yeah, I thought that it would be on a, another note, I thought that it would be interesting to talk about some of the main issues I see I see in healthcare. Um, and it's it was interesting because I was thinking about this while I was at the gym. And then like, <laughs> I could not finish my workout because I was just like, writing down so many things on my notes um, of issues that I see in healthcare. <laughs> um, but I tried to keep it kind of concise. I think that one of the biggest, one of the biggest issues, so I'm just going to list some of the issues. I don't know if I said that. Um, I think one of the biggest issues is like a lack of transparency. I think that hospitals aren't really held accountable to like, like results or patient like outcomes like that stuff is not readily available for patients and when dealing with your health like in my mind that should be available and that should be enforced um i think lack of transparency in general across the whole system lack of transparency of um specific doctor surgeon outcomes Lack of transparency of billing. Billing is a huge thing. Predatory medical billing. If I start talking about medical billing, everyone <laughs> around me knows that I am just like, I just go off. Like medical billing is such a frustration to me. And to think that, thank, thankfully, and fortunately, I have not had to deal with it very much in my personal life and to Think about how frustrating frustrating it is for me. 
as someone who hasn't even had to personally deal with it that much, I can't imagine how frustrating it is for someone who actually has to deal with it. It is just like, I feel like there's no regulation. People have no control. You never know how much things are going to cost. You look dumb when you go into the emergency department and you ask, hey, how much is this x-ray going to cost? Like, who do you even ask that to? I work in the emergency department and I don't even know who you would ask that. What, who would you ask? Is that correct grammar? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like medical billing is just, I could talk for hours about this. So yes, medical billing, that's something that's frustrating. Um, And I'm looking into getting someone on that specializes in medical billing and insurance. So we'll see. Stay tuned. Speaking of insurance, that's another thing. (laughs) Um, I think that insurance is expensive. I also think there's a lack of transparency with insurance. I think that no one is knows their insurance very well, like barely anyone. I think that no one knows like what truly their insurance covers. Insurance is horribly difficult to navigate. It's ridiculously confusing. And honestly, I feel like it's confusing on purpose. So I'm also, like I said, I'm also looking to have someone on about insurance. But yeah, I think insurance is a huge issue. I think another issue is a lack of knowledge of preventative care. Preventative care. Just a huge portion of diseases are preventable. And also catching cancer early is obviously better. But there's no education Or I shouldn't say there's no. There isn't adequate education out there for preventative care. And maybe I'm just an uneducated nurse. (laughs) No, I shouldn't say that. But even when I think about me, I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for five years. Just how much I don't know as a nurse, I can't even imagine, like, not working in healthcare, how much, like, how would I even know things? Because I don't even know things working in healthcare. Um, so that's a huge issue, I feel like. Another huge issue, I've said huge issue like five times in a row, is nursing homes. And let me tell you a little story about this, okay? I worked in a nursing home. I was a tech, but I also did EVS. So I did laundry for nursing homes. I'll just let that sink in for a second. So I have seen what nursing homes are like. I've worked in about three of them. Not as a nurse. It was before while I was in nursing school. But nursing homes are like the saddest thing, I think, the majority of them are. Like, we do not take care of our elderly in this country very well at all. I think that unless you have a bunch of money. And the things that I've seen in nursing homes are so sad and people do not deserve to be treated like this. And um, I'm going to have an episode on this too, but like, I don't know what it's going to take for that to change because it's really bad and things haven't changed. So what is, what's something catastrophic is going to happen 
for th- people to recognize the state of our nursing homes around the country. Like, it's really sad, guys. And it makes me want to cry when I think about it. Okay, sorry to be so negative. <laughs> but another thing that frustrates me about the system is, um, obviously, because I work in the emergency room, I have problems with the emergency room. Um, not necessarily pro- not necessarily problems with the emergency room, but problems that affect the emergency room. That's what I'm trying to say. Because the system is so messed up, the emergency room, and I know I've talked about this in a bunch of episodes, but the emergency room kind of becomes, I don't know what the word is, but like where everyone goes. Um, because you can't get in an because you can't get an appointment because you don't know how else to get a second opinion because you don't have a primary doctor because no one told you that you didn't need to be there like emergency rooms are abused and I say that very seriously because I understand that emergency rooms are a very stressful place Anything we could do to make that a better experience, I think is really important. And I also think it's very important to use that resource the way it should be used because otherwise it can't be used the way it should be used. Um, And what I mean by that is when the emergency rooms are flooded with all these patients that aren't there for emergencies, the patients that are are there for emergencies have to wait longer, don't get seen as quickly, could have worse patient outcomes. And that's kind of what I mean by that. And with the burnout from the staff because of the overuse or um, inappropriate use of the emergency room, that also affects the people that do need to be there. And I understand that there is, the emergency room is going to be busy There are people that think they are having an emergency and turns out it isn't. Like, I totally understand that that's a thing and that people are just concerned for their health. And I recognize that and I totally respect that. But what is frustrating is kind of the thing I talked about before with the lack of education in our society about your health care. I end up talking about the emergency room in like every podcast episode. Sorry, guys. But it's my true love and it's my passion and I really care about it and I want to see it succeed and be used and care for people in the best way that it can. And to do that, we need to start talking about it. We need to start talking about these things that are causing the burnout. We need to talk about these things that need to be changed in order for it to be a place where people can go to be safe. People that are having emergencies or people that um, need to be there. So, yeah, on that note, (laughs) um, I would say two other main issues I have with the healthcare system. I sound kind of hoity-toity when I talk like this, but I just think people need to talk about it. And even if I sound hoity-toity, at least we're talking about it and we're getting it out there and we're going to find solutions. Right, guys? Who's with me? (laughs) Um, I would say the other two things are that there's no like review systems for doctors or hospitals or floors or nurses. Like, um, you know how if you buy something, you're like, 
I'm going to go to Amazon to check the reviews. And it has, and if it has less than four stars, I ain't buying it. <laughs> um, I think there needs to be something like that for healthcare, um, for clinics, for hospitals, for everything. Because like, for example, I had to go to an OBGYN. And how did I know which OBGYN to go to? How do I know if my OBGYN is good? I don't. I literally found one that was close to me and went. There's no, and I know there's some things that exist. I think it's called ZocDoc. Let me look it up. But I don't think there's a good centralized place. Yeah, ZocDoc is kind of like a place where you can look up doctors kind of. But I feel like there just needs to be something else. So that's one thing. And then the other thing, the last thing, which is probably the thing that I care about all of this, but I really care about nurses and I'm a nurse and that's probably why, but the nursing, the bedside nursing field. And when I say bedside nurse, I mean the one that's doing the IVs, giving the medication, the one that you see the most during your hospital stay, the bedside nursing role is not at a sustainable place right now. They are overworked underpaid, underappreciated, and underrespected. That's what I think. Underrespected. Is that a word? Disrespected. Underrespected. They do not have autonomy in their field. They are not involved um, in decision-making. They are often not involved in decision-making processes that affect their workload and their occupation. They are often not valued by hospitals. And it's really sad. And a lot of bedside nurses are leaving the bedside. They're either doing something else completely besides nursing or they're going to grad school. So like as a nurse, you can go to grad school to be a nurse practitioner or you can um, go to like be a CRNA, a nurse anesthetist. That word is really hard for me to say. (laughs) Because the bedside nursing role is not sustainable right now. And that makes me really sad to say because, honestly, I love the bedside nursing role. I love being the one putting in IVs. I love being the one that's like at the bedside with the patients so often, creating that relationship, just being that person that knows the patient really well. And I was like, When I was in nursing school, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to grad school or I'm going to do this and this. And not saying that I'll never go to grad school, but I really honestly love the bedside nursing role. And um, it's just sad where it's at. And we need to bring more awareness to it and things that can change for the better because we need our bedside nurses. And when I go to the hospital, I know that like the bedside nurse is the one that I would trust the one that I know would advocate for me and we need to take care of them. Sorry about all that negativity, but yes, this is why I started the podcast. I am so thankful for all my guests that come on and share their stories. It's honestly, it's very intimate and it's very vulnerable to share your experience. Like I said before, so I really appreciate all my guests that come on and share their experience in healthcare. And I think that it 
is so good for people to hear what's going on in healthcare and things that need to change and need to be improved. And after we have these conversations, the next step is like, how do we approve, improve, approve? <laughs> how do we improve it? What can we do? Where do we go next? So I'm really excited to continue having these conversations. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on what I've said in this episode. This is what I want to talk about. These are the conversations I want to have. This is why the podcast is there. And we need to talk about these things. So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it wasn't too painful to hear just me talking. Um, this is my first official solo episode, like I said, and I don't know if there'll be more, but yeah, let me know if you guys would like to hear more of these and let me know if you like what kind of guests that you would like me to try to find, what kind of guests you would like me to have on the podcast, um, and what kind of topics you're interested in learning more about. You can always DM me on the Instagram at Let's Chat Healthcare shout out. Um, so yes, I would love to hear from you guys. Thank you for listening. And I'm really looking forward to the future of Let's Chat Healthcare. <laughs>